about to win so big. Tell my hydraulic money. Yeah. Money coming in. Tell me what's the program? 25 days of cushion. Yeah, get with the program. Show they want their way. Get the program. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of Tales from the Terror Dome. Another weekend of football misery for your boy. Uh, the Broncos are currently getting 70 piece. Fire Vance Joseph, please and thank you. Uh, the, the Hokies fell short in my homecoming to Huntington. Uh, winnable game. Didn't do it. The Broncos, uh, I guess they saved me today by just getting their ass beat early. I don't know. Anyway, besides everything, still saw some positive stuff that we're going to get into today. And it was only fitting that I brought back Noah Die, also of martial relevance. And, you know, He's here to help us break this thing down, make us feel a little better. We can relive this shit together. Noah, how are you doing on this Sunday, man? Doing well. That was a great weekend. I had, you know, like I said on the preview, uh, VT playing in the gym is very surreal for me. So I had a, yeah, I had a great weekend. Feeling good on the Sunday. I mean, the co- the commanders are getting, or that game's over. They got blown out, but that's whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, this. So I guess I should clarify. It was an amazing weekend in Huntington, West Virginia. Just the result of the football game was not to my liking. You know, so like, I don't know. The people are always amazing in Huntington. Uh, Credit to them. Great football fan base. uh, Just great people in general. Very resilient. They absolutely 1,000% deserve to feel the joy that they felt yesterday in winning that football game. I hate that it came at the expense of our Hokies, but at the same time, everybody was very gracious, uh, very welcoming, even though, you know, I'm very familiar with the town. They didn't know that. They don't know me from Adam. So, you know, they were very, they were very welcoming. Uh, even had people walk up to us and be like, hey, nobody's giving y'all any shit, are they? And we'd be like, no, we're good. And then, obviously, the dude that was all yacked out that bought us shots at the in-between, shout-out to that guy. Yeah, um, yeah. I forget his name, but, yeah, shout-out to him. Yeah, he said he was boys with Jeff King. Yeah, but, uh, Pulaski County. Yeah, and also shout-out uh the Marshall version of Dan for uh, taking the absent bars. Yeah, Daniel Green. Marshall cross country oh, legend. Cross country. I I feel like I met everybody in the history of Marshall cross country this weekend. Yeah, I mean hanging out with the, you. Yeah, the soccer game, uh that was like alumni and current cross country uh runners that were all there. Um so that was a really good time hanging out with them again. Yeah, shout out to the uh, number one team in the nation 
in men's soccer. The Marshall Thundering Herd won a one nothing thriller over number three UCF yesterday in Huntington, West Virginia, and we had a we had a view of it. You had a bird's eye view of it. Um, it was it was a it was a good. I'm gonna say end to a Saturday night, even though it wasn't the end to Saturday night, but uh, it was definitely fun. Yeah, I mean, Marshall recently has become soccer is huge at Marshall, and they're number one in the country right now. The last undefeated, well, not undefeated, but they've won every game. They haven't had any draws, and soccer is a huge deal at Marshall right now. And that was actually the uh, most attended game for soccer in the state of West Virginia ever. So that was that was a big deal, and they weren't even counting all the people that were up. We had 20 people up on the roof, and then there were people on the roof next to us as well. Like, it's not even counting all the people on Fort that that were on their roofs watching the game. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, man, it was uh, – I mean, they had a full tailgate thing going on. There were tons of people out there. Um, that that place was, was rocking, and especially after such a – I'm going to use the word emotional football game. You know, that was the zone was packed. Everybody was rocking big win and everybody still made sure they showed up for the soccer team. And didn't you tell me that the soccer team actually went from non-rev to now they're a rev sport? Yeah, I honestly don't know if they're rev or not, but I know that they pretty much like sell out every game these days. Uh, so they're, they're definitely – I mean, like, it's not like a big loss on the books if it is a loss at all. And, I mean, when you have a product to sell, that's the way it goes, and they have a product to sell. Nah, that's a fact. Um, Yeah, I'll reiterate, besides the result of the football game, my return to Huntington for the first time in 14 years, my first time in the Joan in 18 years, it – uh. It was a great time, man. Um, truth be told, I needed this trip for real because I remember, you know, I went to Marshall. I graduated. I, I was born in late August, so when it came time to go to school, I could either stay out a year and go a year late or I could go in younger than everybody. So when I graduated high school, I was 17. So I was like three weeks into first semester, I turned 18. I wasn't playing sports anymore. I had played sports my whole life, so the structure was gone. I had absolute freedom. I was completely immature. had bad roommate situation. Uh, just wasn't a good look. I had a lot of great memories I made in that first that that first and only year that I was there. Um, but it was really the first big failure I had experienced in my life. Like I had never. It was like my biggest regret was not stay in the course for four years at Marshall University and getting my degree. It was like my first big crossroad in life, like first big, you know, fork in the road. Basically, I could have, you know, graduated from Marshall, got my degree in sports management, sports marketing, done something completely unknown. I have no idea. But instead, you know, I failed out, came home, didn't go back, uh, worked a bunch of food and beverage jobs, did a bunch of other miscellaneous stuff 
I did end up, you know, all, all my best friends that I have now and everybody I've met and, you know, created this podcast, whatever, wouldn't have happened if I would have done that. But at the same time, I needed to go back to Marshall as a somewhat successful adult. I felt like that was important to me personally. Sorry for monologuing, but I had to riff that. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, you, you, you feel like you made it right this weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely felt good to go back to the place where I fell so short as somebody as somebody is somewhat accomplished now. You know, it's not where I thought I, I would be, but I'm I'm pretty okay with it. And I, I felt like it was you know, I got back into town, I saw all the you know, Holderby Towers, Harless, uh everything in town that was still the same. A lot has changed, but a lot is still the same and it you know it did. It made me a little like emotional. I was very happy. I was like, damn, some great memories were made in this town. And I'm glad I was able to make more in a more positive mindset than I was when I was there the first time. So it was a great time. Yeah, it was a it was a great weekend. Yes. And uh Yeah, man. Marshall Thundering Herd. 3-0. and Shout out to them. They got ODU next week for homecoming. I hope they beat their ass, too. But uh, our Hokies, man. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Yeah. Uh, they just, you know, they have – it seems like they've mastered the art of losing a ball game. Um, you know, that was, I believe, prize 11th loss. And in nine of those 11 losses – the team has been either winning or only losing by one possession at some point in the fourth quarter. It's just a matter of, A, starting out a game better so you're in a better position when you get to the fourth quarter, and B, finishing the game when you get to the fourth quarter. And we've yet to really see them do that. And it's, I mean, nobody wants to hear we're close when – you know, you've lost so many games, but I mean, they are kind of right there in a lot of those games and you start winning some of those and things look a lot better, but it's a matter of finding a way to win those games. Yeah, that's a fact. I thought, you know, we started out, we we received the ball yesterday and uh, start the game and we scored a touchdown first drive, yep. but then um Fancher throws an incredibly bad pick to Kelly right Lawson. Right to Kelly Lawson. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, right to him, dude. And I was like, it, oh, it, I feel shit. like it almost surprised Kelly Lawson because like he just kind of fell. Like he could have yep. yeah, I feel like it surprised him that he threw that ball. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, here we are. Let's step on their neck, go up, go up big. Like go up two scores early. Well, we get to, you know, well, first of all, Drones throws a beautiful pass to Quan Felton. It would have been a touchdown. Unfortunately, he drops it. We get the fourth down and three. And Drones throws a ball with a 0% chance of success. In those type of situations, you know, I'm not saying that he's bad or anything like that. I believe in drones. I think he should still be our starter. 
I'm just saying I would have rather seen him use his legs on that play instead of trying to throw into triple coverage on a ball that's not going to be complete on a down that you need to get because you gave up, you know, going for three points to try to convert to go for six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Jones is still developing as a passer. He's all, coming to the season. He only he had never started a game. He had only thrown twenty three career passes, and so he's still developing in that regard. So it's cut. But the thing is, is that you also we also need a quarterback that can run the ball to kind of open up the offense. He had the only two touchdowns yesterday running the ball, and so you still need someone who can run the ball. So it's like. You play Grant Wells, you kind of sacrifice the running ability with the quarterback. You play drones, and from where he's still developing as a passer, you kind of sacrifice a little bit in the passing game. So it's kind of like VC VC right now, no matter who they play at quarterback, it's going to be – it's going to help one part of the offense, but it's also going to hinder another part of the offense. And I think we kind of really saw that yesterday. The passing game was not as effective as it needed to be. Yeah, you know, I think Jerons will learn from this. Uh, he didn't really throw a lot of bad balls yesterday. The only two I can really point to was the fourth and three when he should have used his legs, and then the third and goal when he hit the defender in the ass with the ball. Other than that, I mean, he was he was great with his legs. I mean, like you said, plays broke down and he took off. He ended up scoring our only two touchdowns. Um, yeah, I'm, the the reason I remember the Quan Felton drop so vividly is because it would have been seven, and we and obviously you saw the score, the the final score. We needed that seven. Yeah, it would have been important. Yeah, I have no qualms with Drone's performance in the last two games, and then the one drive he had against Purdue because I understand where he's coming from as an inexperienced college quarterback. I think he's actually doing a pretty good job. I mean. He's one of the he's one of the players in the offense who when a play breaks down, he can make something happen. But his first touchdown run, I thought he was down after four or five yards and he manages to break it wide. He tiptoes the sideline. The ref saw he was out, but he was in. Um and they, they made that correct. But he's he can make things happen that this offense desperately needs right now. So as long as that passing game develops and comes along as it should, I think BT has a good situation there with drones but that's like i said that's contingent on the fact that he develops as a passer yeah no no doubt about that he definitely makes this offense better that is not in question in my opinion i'm very happy with him overall it was just i had to point that out because we point that out about Grant, I got to keep it a buck with everybody else, too. You know, I can't just – I got to point it all out. Um, my, I think my biggest grievance yesterday, though, was the fact that we averaged six yards per carry and we only ran the ball 30 times. Like, the one time our run game works and then, like, Bowen's like, nah, we're good. Like, we, we're not going to run the ball. Yeah, I was, I was shocked when um... – when Tootin broke off that run in the uh, second quarter, I I mean we only got a I wish he would have scored because we only got a field goal out of the drive. But like it 
it's like the the running game was actually good yesterday. I, I saw a stat earlier um, in games where VT averages six yards a carry going back to Beamer. They win a vast majority of the time. But the thing is, is that when it's happening, they actually have to, like, commit to the run. And I felt like there wasn't necessarily – yeah, like you said, it only ran, what, 30 times? Like, it just wasn't – they didn't run the ball enough given the way that it was working. And why that why that happened, I don't know. But, it's, it's yeah, it's, that, that's frustrating. It is frustrating. Yeah, if we're averaging six yards per carry, I mean, do the math. On average, that's a first down every two plays. I would have given mm-hmm. Tootin 30 carries alone. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that was just weird that we – you know, put so much emphasis on establishing the run in the first three games of the year, and then the one game where it's like successful, we 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 just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, thirty runs is still a decent amount. It just wasn't enough given the flow of the offense. And I mean, they did they did get down. Like Marshall, Marshall went up fourteen to ten, and then they're up, you know, twenty four to ten later on. So you do have to probably pass a little more to try to open some things up and get some points quick so you have a chance there at the end. But I still feel like 30 just wasn't enough, even given the fact that, you know, after after uh, Marshall went up, it, it just wasn't enough, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to make it an obvious statement. I'm not an NFL draft scout. I think that's clear. Uh, I'm just a fan that talks for an hour once a week. Uh, Rashid Ali, to me, is at worst a mid-round draft pick. And Charles Huff did us a lot of favors yesterday with how susceptible our run defense is by not using Ali enough. And I don't think that our offense made them pay for that at all, and we should have, because I think we could have jumped up fairly big, and that way Ali's 180 yards and two touchdowns would have been a very impressive individual stat, but it wouldn't have meant that we lost the game. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the thing is, is that um, so he had that, like, 50, I think it was 53 yards, that might not be correct, but he had the long touchdown run, and then he had that one 60-yarder that really just broke the back and kind of made it clear. It's like, yeah, Tech's probably not going to win this game. But on the other, however many carries, like, you know, he wasn't necessarily gashing the defense. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the thing. You run for 180 yards, there's going to be some big plays in there. And those two, one was a touchdown and one was a backbreaker. And it happened. And, yeah, Rasheen is a special talent. I kind of figured just given the way the run defense has been this year, he was going to have a good game. Um, I didn't necessarily think it would go like that, though. Like, I thought it would be a consistent, like, four to five yards each carry. Um, and it wasn't really that. You know, he had those two long runs. And, I mean, like, having that many rushing yards is impressive regardless, but it didn't necessarily go the way that I thought it would. Yeah. And, I mean, it's really frustrating, too, because Fancher combined passing and rushing didn't even – Eclipse 200 yards 
and we still lost. Like if you're if you're a defense playing a quarterback who doesn't eclipse two hundred total yards with his feet and his arm, like you should almost always win those games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the Rutgers quarterback was what, like forty yards. Like it, yeah, it's, it's it's fairly certain that teams like their offenses respect text DBs. Um, honestly, maybe it's not even respecting. Maybe they just know that they can run the ball and be okay. But theoretically, in this day and age of college football, if you're not throwing for a bunch of yards, like your quarterback's not super involved, you should be losing. And teams playing against Tech are not losing games based off their like quarterback not throwing for a bunch of yards. And that's really just like of all the ways that you can be frustrated when you're one and three. I think the most frustrating for me is that we live in a time where you have to pass the ball theoretically in college football to win a game and teams are not passing on Virginia Tech and they're still winning games. Yeah, no, that is 1000% true. Like I said, we are an almost team and we've always been an almost team, even with the best Frank Beamer teams. We almost won the Natty. Uh, you know, we we almost did this. We almost did that. But there's, it's always one or two little things that prevent us from getting to that, you know, that point that we really want to be at. But now it's obviously on a different level. You know, now you're just – you're almost winning games versus almost going to a New Year's Six or almost – going to the BCS national title game. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's different, but it's the same. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the concept is the same. When you don't have elite talent at every position, your line is relatively thin when it comes to, you know, the difference between, you know, back in Beamer's days, like winning a national championship and then later on going to a New Year's Six or a BCS ball, like, one play can stop you from doing that. Whereas when you have elite talent in every room, it's, you know, you can afford to like have a couple plays where it's like, okay, well that shouldn't have happened, but we're going to make up for it later down the line. Like you don't have to play a perfect like game or have a perfect season, but you better be, you better be damn near close because that can be the difference. Yeah, defensively also, I think I would also like to see uh, Feldarius Payne start at defensive tackle. Yeah, he was he was making things happen yesterday. Honestly, I don't really know like how he played in the run game. I wasn't paying close enough attention to like what was going on at the line of scrimmage when they broke off the runs and whatnot. But he was making when they were passing the ball. He was making plays. He was getting to the backfield, making fans feel uncomfortable. So, I mean, going forward, we have to be more disruptive. And he's a disruptive player. So you get a combination of him and APR. Um, I thought McCray was decent yesterday, too. Like, those are defensive linemen who can get into the backfield and make plays. So we'll see what they think going forward about how they want to, like, use their personnel. 
Yeah, and we had some really bad penalties yesterday, too. But two, I want to talk about one, Dorian Strong, you're off the hook. That DPI was a terrible call. And two, Alan Tisdale, you're off the hook for the most part. You shouldn't have dove like that, but at the same time, you didn't really touch him. So I don't feel like they should have called it. I thought it was a pretty weak call. But uh, the other ones, like the false starts that took us out of, like, fourth and one, like, no, man, like, we got to stop the dumb shit. Yeah, I mean, there were Marshall fans who, when Tesdo got called for that penalty, you know, at first you see the guy diving, the quarterback sliding, everyone's screaming, penalty, penalty, but then the replay comes over the uh, video board, and the Marshall fans around me were like, oh, that's not a very good call. <laughs> like, that's a very ticky-tack, just bad call. Um, I mean, ultimately, like, Marshall got 15 yards and an extra set of downs out of it. BT still got the go- the ball back, and they didn't run out of time. They just didn't get a fourth down conversion. But I mean, it ultimately, like that felt like that felt like the ball game right there um, when they called Tisdale for that. Yeah, and the the fans around me were fun. Uh, there was a kid in front of me that was like a freshman in high school that just wanted to keep showing me magic tricks with this card deck, and I was like, bro. We're driving right now. I don't care about the six of spades and all that shit. Like, stop. But and then there were like three other people that just wanted to talk to me about Grant Wells the whole time. And I was like, I mean, I'll talk to you about Grant, but he's not even playing. Like, why? Why we? We don't got to talk about Grant. But, but the amount while of we're people on the that subject, I had to tell. What's that? I said, but while we were on the subject, the the split of of Marshall fans on Grant Wells was was kind of hilarious because there was you had the one half that were like, oh, man, Grant, yeah, he's from West Virginia. He's a good kid. We like that kid. Da, 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 da. Then there was the half that was like, he left us. He can kick rocks. We don't care about him. He can go to hell. I was like, damn. Yeah, I mean, Grant, uh, the passing game since Grant transferred at Marshall hasn't really been the same, and it's hurt him in a couple games. And one thing I feel like a lot of people forget is in 2021 that Marshall was playing Western Kentucky rivalry week last last like week of the year of the regular season. Marshall's up 14 to seven. Grant gets knocked out with a concussion, and then everything just falls apart after that. Grant was good for Marshall. I think uh, you know there was like the coaching change. Um, I think that probably had a little bit to do with it. But Grant was a serviceable player for Marshall, and the amount of people that I had to explain to yesterday that like. Grant's not benched. He's just hurt, which shocking. Um, but I guess, like, injury, like, like probably kind of keeps it close to the chest when he talks about injuries and stuff. So I, I can get why, like, they probably didn't really know about that. But, yeah, they were all like, yo, Grant got benched. He goes to BT just to get benched. It's like, no, he got hurt, and he played through that injury against Purdue until that last drive. But, yeah, it is it is funny just, like, the dissonance and – the Marshall fan base when it comes to Grant Wells, like he's a he's a controversial player for no reason outside of just his just his play. Well, and the fact that he transferred. But yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting just how much controversy I don't know if controversy is the right word, but just the like the amount of talk that Grant Wells still gets in Huntington. 
which yesterday it made sense because like he was coming back to town, but just in general. Yeah, um, you know, truth be told, where I was sitting, he was kind of in front of me the whole time on the sideline, just watching the game. And, and I, as a human, I felt bad for him because I was like, man, this dude, you know, he's coming back to his home state, like, he played here. I know that dude was probably – itching to be on the field and play against his former team and he's hurt and he's got to stand on the sideline and he's got to watch us lose to Marshall. I'm not saying if he would have played, the outcome would have been any different. I'm just saying as a human, you know, who who played football on some level, I understand that helpless feeling he probably had that he couldn't do shit to help Virginia Tech win the game. You know? Yeah, I mean, he. They were talking to him back in August in a like a media thing, and they were like, "What game? What game are you most excited about this year?" And he said, "Like I'm excited to go back to Huntington." Um, so it's it's really unfortunate that the injury happened to him. Um, even more unfortunate that like he tried to he like was fighting through that against Purdue. Um, couldn't be effective, obviously. But yeah, I feel I feel bad that Grant didn't get to uh, play that game, and you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully that like we haven't seen the last. I, a lot of people will be like, I don't ever want to see Grant again, but I, I don't know. I his career shouldn't end on an injury, so hopefully this is not like the end of Grant because it was like kind of sad, like looking up at the video board and ESPN. It seemed like they were panning to Grant a bunch on the sideline. Like it was just kind of sad. Yeah, I hope, uh, you know, whether it's here or wherever, whatever he decides to do, I hope he, you know, gets to end his football career on his own terms and not because he got hurt. Uh, yeah, well, I, mean, I know Grant's going to do well in whatever he does. I mean, like, my old roommate tutored him when he – when we were still in college and Grant was a true freshman. Like, he's a – smart kid and he works hard so he's going to be fine regardless but like you said i just don't want the end of his football career to be an injury you know and i think i think yeah be, for sure i think i think he'll be i mean he's still like dressing like he can walk around and stuff but in terms of like playing football obviously he's not like ready for that right now given his injury but yeah i i, I don't think we've seen the last of grand i hope that's the case like, uh, I hope he yeah, gets that, to go out there again at some point. For sure. And uh, speak, uh, on the quarterback, you know, subject, after we lost yesterday, Kyron Jones was pissed. And I was like, I like that. There's no, like, mm-hmm. I like the fact that he is blatantly angry. Like, it is obvious. And it just means that, you know, he just wants to win, and I think that'll fuel him to improve. Like, because, you know, he's still green. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He's, like you said, like, he hasn't played much for college football. So, it's just going to get better. He's got natural ability and instincts. It's just the, the development part will be crucial. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, he was putting he, the team, uh, not... the two touchdowns. Like, he was putting them on their back yesterday, like, putting the team on his back yesterday. 
So, I mean, I get why he took that loss the way he did. Yeah, he – uh, it was not his fault that we lost mm-hmm. that game. I'm not going to put it on any one person. I think everybody's accountable. And we should never – I love Marshall University with all my heart. I love Virginia Tech with all my heart. Always have, always will. But the reaction of – and I know we should never, ever, ever, ever lose to Marshall or any G5 school. As a P5 school, you should always have the talent to to beat those teams. I mean, occasionally it's pr- everybody, you know, every dog has his day. It's going to happen if you just play – so much you know eventually something crazy is going to happen we've seen it a lot especially when Ash State was FCS they went up to Michigan in 07 they won in the big house but and you know as the gap gets tighter with talent because a lot of kids will still go G5 to get playing time or or you know they have other situations like a Randy Moss or something that happens where they end up there um the talent gap is closing a little bit however Marshall University is not your typical G5. Like, at, for example, like Liberty's G5, Jamie's G5, ODU's G5. They have fans that go to those games, but those fans also have a Michigan or Alabama or Auburn or USC or somebody that they root for also. Marshall University is a G5 school with a P5 mentality. Like, those fans aren't fans of other teams. Those fans are fans of Marshall University. And they go to those games to root for Marshall University because that is their favorite team in the whole world. And they have a serious football culture. And they are not a pushover. They never have been a pushover. If you give them a chance to beat you, they are going to beat your ass. And it's not – we should not have lost that game, but they're not a they're not just an opponent you should walk over or can walk over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you just look at the history of, like, Marshall in, like, the last 20 years. They beat K-State in 2003 when they had Sproles and they were a top-10 team. They almost beat Ohio State in 2004, I believe it was. There was a game at Tennessee at some point where it was difficult for Tennessee. They beat Notre Dame last year. Um, 2013, Marshall goes to uh, Lane Stadium and the game goes to three overtimes. It's like it's it's not like a fun it's not a fun game regardless of where it is for power five teams against Marshall because it's a it's a big deal um, when they get that opportunity to play against a power five school, especially if it's in the zone. Like I get why I get why WVU doesn't want to play that game because they know they're when they had the, the one year that they were supposed to go to the national championship, they lost a pit the last week of the year. Marshall, I think, was, like, winning that game at halftime. They had, like, Pat White, Steve Slayton, Noel Devine, Darius Renaud, like, all those dudes. And, like, Marshall even – Marshall went 3-9 and nine that year, and West Virginia almost went to a national championship, and it was still, like, a hell game for West Virginia. So, yeah, Marshall's just kind of one of those teams that you don't really want to see, to be honest. Yeah, but if we have to play a G5 on our schedule every year – I would rather it be them than like ODU or Liberty because they're a real football school. And mm. it's just the, the connections are so deep and like mm. there's so many. 
Like we were naming them off yesterday. We didn't even name them all. Um, yeah, I mean, and there just, weren't coaches getting stuck in the elevator or the locker room getting robbed either, so that's good. Right. Right. Nah. Um, <laughs> I would I would like to see that game continue on a semi-regular basis, if not regular basis. Uh, yes, I, yeah, I mean, man. It's, it's, like, fun for me, but, like, uh, like, like we said, like, Marshall, <laughs> they're tough to play against. Yeah, I think they're a good character building game because you really see what your players have when you play a team like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, man, I also don't think Jalen Lane was fully healthy yesterday. I don't think that's a stretch to say that he wasn't as effective as I thought he would be because normally he's getting separation, he's making defenders look kind of silly. But he was kind of hemmed up yesterday. I think the hammy might still be bothering him a little bit. I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but I hope that, you know, he is closer to 100% next week. Yeah, I mean, the passing game in general yesterday was tough to get a gauge on anyone. You know, I thought Quan Felton had a breakout game against Rutgers, and I was expecting a lot this week, and he just wasn't really, like, super involved yesterday. I think, like, three receptions for 10 yards. So, really, just the passing game in general, Marshall was – just right there every time. And Marshall has some good DBs. Like, Micah Abraham's definitely going to get drafted. So, I mean, that 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 in that regard, it's tough. But still, you know, you would like to see guys get open and be able to make plays in space. We didn't really see that yesterday. And I agree. I, I don't think Lane's 100%. But at the same time, like, there were players who were 100%. Like, like Steven Gosnell had to make a couple crazy catches just to like get yards. Oh, he did like, too. Guy, yeah, guys weren't really getting open. So, and uh, shout out Sucker Holloway, man, just making magic happen on punt returns. Yeah, he uh, it was a lot of people. I feel like try to discredit the record that he set against Georgia Tech because Georgia Tech was awful at defending punts, but it's like. Tech football has been around for however long. We talked about this uh, last week. It's like that's some, like you, you don't think Tech's faced some bad punt coverage teams before. <laughs> like what he does is impressive, and I know that like they had Lane back there as well. But it's like you need Lane on offense, so don't risk him getting injured on punt returns. So I'm like all in on Tucker, and we have at least like this year and then another year of him and maybe one after that. So I'm, I'm excited for Tucker. So am I, man. Um, yeah, I thought he did a great job. I would have liked to have seen some, uh, you know, XTB yesterday. You know, Maude apparently was in town for the game. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him get in the mix a little bit. Uh, Aiden Green was getting some more reps. That was good. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, Mm-hmm. Defensively, yeah, I mean, I would still. Cincinnati wants a, still... a player under Fickle, then I want that player because what he built at Cincinnati True. was incredible. And uh, was he was Aiden Green committed to Cincinnati, or was he a Cincinnati lean? I forget. I forget what, but we basically yeah, he got was committed. Him. Okay, yeah, so we flipped him from Cincinnati, and it's like that's a that's a good flip right there. Like I know, like flipping someone from a group of five school or whatever is like not something that you should really like 
be happy about, but like Cincinnati's different. So I was I was happy to see that. And I'm glad to see him getting in the mix and being, you know, involved in the offense because I think that he he's gonna be a very good player in the future. I, I mean even like by the I guarantee you the player the Aiden Green that we see in November is gonna be better than the Aiden Green that we see now and he's still on the field like involved doing stuff. So he's he's actually one player I'm very, very excited for. Yeah, absolutely. I thought uh, – I didn't think the offensive line was terrible yesterday. I thought I mean, they you averaged six yards a carry. Like, that's a, that's a good yeah. offensive line performance. Yeah, I was going to say, they they uh, they improved mm-hmm. on that front. I saw a lot of Brody yesterday, too. So. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did play a lot yesterday. I like yeah, it. I hope it's a massive – yeah, I I think I saw him a lot at left guard, I believe, uh, where Braylon Moore typically plays. Um, but he can he can be used to tackle or guard, obviously. So yeah, more more Brody going forward and more of that, like if we can keep running the ball like that and we actually do run the ball more than thirty times when it's working, like that's something that they can build on going forward and have what looks like a functional offense that you know, we're necessarily we're not necessarily accustomed to right now. So hopefully going forward they can build on that. Yeah, Braylon got hurt yesterday, but I'm not sure what the extent of it is. Did he yeah, I I didn't see that. Honestly, the way Marshall's like stadium is situated where like in Lane Stadium, like the the more rows up that you are, like Lane Stadium goes up. Jonesy Edwards Stadium goes back. So I was in row 31, which, like, shouldn't be that far away from the field, but Joan, like, the Jones just goes back. So I I was having trouble, like, I was also on, like, the 10-yard line. So when something was happening, like, towards the uh, scoreboard where the student section was, I couldn't necessarily, like, see who was what and what was going on. And you know, I was also, like, you know, we tailgate a little bit for the game. So that probably had a little bit to do with it as well. But yeah, I was having trouble like identifying like if a player was down after the play, I couldn't tell who was who. Yeah, outside of uh gin and rum, there wasn't a spirit that I did not consume yesterday. I think we tallied. Yeah, I, got the, the... Yeah, I got into the gin after the game at uh at Hanks. <laughs> yeah, it was uh started with champagne, then it went to beer, and then it was like vodka, whiskey, bourbon. Beer, more beer. It was tequila, the Margs at uh, Rio Grande or whatever. Um, yeah, hell of a day. So <laughs> <laughs> no, it was clutch for sure. I think my biggest surprise yesterday, though, was I expected way more Virginia Tech fans to show up. and There weren't really that many. I was actually pretty shocked about it because that yeah, stripe, I, saw, I saw that too. The stadium stripe was pretty solid, green and white. Yeah, the last stripe of stadium that I went to was uh, 2016. Marshall was playing uh, Louisville. And I mean, Louisville was like number three in the country and had Lamar Jackson. So they probably had more fans that wanted to uh, travel than BT did. But they're about like probably the same distance from Huntington. And there was a lot of red intermingled in the uh, the stripes. Yesterday, it was like, the tech fans were kind of just like up top in that one corner there in the uh, uh, the north end zone, and 
Other than that, like, I mean, every tailgate had a couple of VT people, but I really, like you said, I really thought there would be more VT fans there. But, I mean, when you're not winning as much as you would like, fans really aren't going to travel, even if it's just to drive up, you know, I-77 and I-64. So, you know, I get it. But, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um <laughs> The tailgating scene is is interesting at Marshall. It's still very solid. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, everyone was amazing, very hospitable. You know, a bunch of. Uh, I met an old lady. She was like, "Are you from Blacksburg?" And I was like, "No, I'm from Harrisonburg, but I grew up a Tech fan. But I went here." And she could have been like, well, "What are you wearing that for?" But she didn't. She was like, "Well, I'm glad you traveled safely." And I was like, "God, you guys are so nice." Especially after the game, like everyone's like, "Let's buy. You. I want to buy you a drink. Like, welcome here. I'm glad you came. We're glad to have you." I'm like, "Can you just be mean to me a little bit? Like, like I feel like you know, I need. I want to be. I'm mad, and you're being very nice to me right now, and I don't like it." <laughs> oh, you should have. Like you want that, then you you want Marshall to play in uh, Morgantown. Uh, they would have shattered your kneecaps if that was WVU yesterday, not Marshall. <laughs> No, oh, I, I, I don't need, I don't need that. I got plenty of Virginia Tech WVU experience to, to know that it's true. No, it was uh, Marshall fans are great. I hope they come out in droves to the uh, game in Lane Stadium next year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, twenty eighteen, uh, they all came out. Yeah, I did feel, you know, the whole weekend. You know, we were we were hanging out in Huntington, and I was very, I guess pro Marshall on the timeline because you know just reliving memories and having a great time and I was just certain that Tech was going to beat them and then it didn't happen and then I was like I got to stay off the timeline because these people are probably like this asshole does his podcast and he loves Tech and then he's out there talking about Marshall and then Marshall beats them and I was like they do not want to hear from me today (laughs) yeah I was trying to be like just as quiet as I could on social media about that because back in 2018 you know I, I my friend takes a funny video of me when tech scores a touchdown me ripping off the uh Marshall sweatshirt with a VT t-shirt on underneath and it was like it was funny but like a lot of people at Marshall like got pissed off about that and then um yeah of course it gets re- I, I thought about, I'd never see that video again and then of course it gets reposted on Friday um and it was it was a lot like funnier this time around around Marshall and stuff and then obviously it's easier when you win the ball game like Marshall did but uh yeah I was uh I was like just trying to like keep it quiet on social media and stuff uh and not be the center of attention this time around yeah the one thing I was surprised about and uh shout out to uh Marshall Barstool for doing the reverse effect for you that they posted today. You know, oh, the, no, uh, Cam Cobb. Uh, Cam Cobb did that. Shout out to Cam Cobb. I told him, I was like, yo, can you reverse that? Because he, uh, he's reversed videos in the past. <laughs> and so he did. So I posted that. And I thought that might be funny. Like on Sunday after everything's dead and also my Twitter account's private. So it's not going to get retweeted and stuff. Um, but, yeah, that was funny. Ah, Cam Cobb duped me. Congratulations, Cam Cobb. Cam Cobb, uh, 55, I think. 
man's a man's a lineman with fifty five in his name. Sorry, Cam, that was a stray, but <laughs> mm. yeah. So I guess the segue into the future. I'm gonna bring this up because it surprised me yesterday when I'm in the stadium and Sweet Caroline starts playing, and then all of a sudden we hear Sweet Caroline eat shit pit, and I was like, "This is not WVU. Like, why are we telling Pitt to eat shit?" But I was completely cool with telling Pitt to eat shit because Pitt comes to Blacksburg this Saturday at 8 p.m. on the ACC Network. Yeah, I mean, eat shit pit's not a a WVU thing that's just a West Virginia thing in general and then even as like a VT fan I just hate Pitt because I mean they they had our number the last three years that we were in the uh, ACC uh, 2001 uh, Tech was I believe 6-1 and one. Pitt beats them 38-7 2002 Tech's 8-0 and ranked third in the country Pitt beats them 28-21 and then uh 2003 Tech's I think number five or number six in the country and they go up to Pitt and Kevin Jones sets the record that day that doesn't stand anymore but like set the record that day for most rushing yards in the game and Pitt wins I think it was like 34 to 27 so yeah I, I don't like Pitt that <laughs> they have yeah no nah, I don't I... want to call him a thorn on our side because that would be like kind of like depreciating them as a program and they are a solid program but the fact that, like, VT definitely had better talent than Pitt in those three years and still beat him every time. And then, you know, what they've done to us a couple times just absolutely killing us since we got into the uh, – since they got into the ACC. Yeah, I do not like Pitt. And their fans are Yeah, I've only liked them. Shitty, so. I've only liked them once in my life, and it's when they cost WVU the natty appearance. When yeah. When LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, that was that was really that was really funny. That was that was a really fun day. Tech won the ACC championship that day against Boston College, and then West yep. Virginia blows it as twenty-eight point favorites against Pitt. That was yeah. You say thirteen to nine to a West Virginia fan, and they might kill you. Well, after this weekend, they'd be doing me a favor. Um, uh, they're gonna be rooting for us uh, this weekend. They they hate Pitt more than they hate us. So I guess I guess we're friends with West Virginia fans this week. I'm not friends with them. I mean, I I grew up in West Virginia. Like, <laughs> no, I, have, I have more no, WVU friends than I have anything else. So I hear you. No, I uh, it's gonna sound real rich coming from a Hokie fan, but looking at this Pitt team, man, they don't do anything well. Like nah, they're it's, they're mm-hmm. already they're always gonna have like a good defense, um, just Narduzzi's background, but that offense is like it's. I mean, that one West Virginia player after they beat him said we knew coming in that their quarterback wasn't very good at his job or whatever, and so I think Dracovic got hurt yesterday. So they bring in uh, that Penn State transfer, Christian Veyu, or however like you say his last name. I, don't, I honestly don't know. And then he throws two picks. And so it's almost like they can't pass the ball, which, I mean, that hasn't really been an issue for Rutgers or uh, Marshall. Um, but they're not really running the ball that great either. I mean, I know our run defense is kind of suspect right now, but, like, 
I it's like Pitt. I just that's one offense that I just do not have any fear whatsoever of facing, and hopefully that ages properly. Um, but yeah, I mean Pitt's just. I don't know what happened to them, like in between last season and this season. Yeah, and I'm not saying we're going to win this game. That'd be a very bold claim. Um, I do think, to use your term, it's going to be another rock fight. I think the biggest, the big difference for the Hokies here is can we run the ball well again? Can we do it more often? Can we eliminate mistakes like uh, the fumble or crucial penalties on short yardage situations that make it mid to long yardage situations. Um, But to expound upon that, I guess, if Phil or Christian give you gifts, are you going to be able to effectively punch them in the mouth and make them pay for it on the scoreboard? I think that is going to be the biggest difference at 8 p.m. on Saturday night in Lane Stadium. Yeah, uh, you know, two interceptions against Marshall. The first one, Kelly Lawson, it was like fourth and three, fourth and four or something at the 31-yard line. Uh, they they went for it. Um, they would let Love kick that. Um, didn't get the fourth down. So that was points that weren't had after a turnover in plus territory. And then, I mean, the I the Keontae Jenkins interception was, like, deep in our own territory. And I don't I, – we didn't get points out of that, I don't think. So, no, we didn't. So, I mean, that's kind of whatever since it was so deep. But, like, because when a team – when a team turns the ball over, that's, like, when they're most vulnerable, right? Like, the momentum shifts. And you have to – you have to capitalize on that. And – you know, we forced only nine turnovers last year. We forced five this year. So we're already over halfway there, four games in to beat out what they did last season. But you have to make teams pay. And honestly, I don't, honestly, the ODU game was like almost a, like, it was like three weeks ago. So I don't remember if we capitalized off their three turnovers. But yeah, I mean, at a certain point, like when a team's vulnerable, the way that, Marshall was at least after the Kelly Lawson pick yesterday, you have to make them pay. And we did not do that yesterday. And one of those quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Phil or Christian, they're going to give VT a gift uh, next Saturday. And uh, VT has to capitalize on that. You know, you can't, you can't let the other team turn the ball over and let them get you off the field. And so I'm really hoping next week, we can capitalize on whatever turnover one of those quarterbacks throws our way. Yeah. Have, have really, really have to start punching teams in the mouth when they do stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. – I thought Marshall would have turned the ball over more the way they like to hurdle defenders mm-hmm. and they get hit. Like, I thought for sure they were going to cough some up. They did not do it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Pantcher gave us some – Gave us some early Christmas presents, and we uh we we returned to sender. So yeah, it was a uh, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. It's 
pro I mean like you know we can we can like talk about how I mean Stein Spring was not a great offensive coordinator by any means but I feel like he was opportunistic to where if Tech got a turnover he would find a way to capitalize on that and that hasn't necessarily been the case thus last year thought only nine turnovers last year which is insane but like yeah, in that Marshall game, it's just like they weren't really making Marshall pay when the momentum would swing like that. Nope. Well, sure didn't. Um, it would also – yeah, man, I'm just interested to see. I think this game is going to be ugly. It just depends. I would like to be on the right side of ugly, though. I would like to be the prettiest ugly one. On Saturday night, you know. Um, yeah, I, I know. I'll tell you one thing. I'm definitely betting the under on that game because, like, Pitt's always going to have a solid defense. Like I said, um, and I don't think that offense is really capable of scoring at all. Uh, I, they're they're going to probably score on us. They're, they'll probably break off one big play. But yeah, I mean that that game could very well end like be like a 17 to 10 type game, and the differences in those games really are the turnovers when you can get good field position and take advantage of it. And we're going to have to do that next, uh, next Saturday. Cause I guarantee you they will turn it over at least once. Yeah. I would like to start conference playoff on the right foot with a, with a win over pit at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I had said that I would trade a loss to Rutgers for a win over Narduzzi. But I, I would not trade a loss to Purdue, Rutgers, and Marshall for whatever Narduzzi. Mm-hmm. But here we are. Uh, I think that to set the tone in conference play would, is very important. Obviously, get to two and three. Um, I'm. I mean, I'm not going to get too far ahead. I don't expect to beat Florida State. I. I don't at all. Like, I don't think anyone does. Um, you did say yesterday that you think the score will be closer than what people think with that game because you think we'll slow the game down. But I don't know if you were just drunk or if you meant that. <laughs> no, I uh, mean you look at you look at you look at Florida State like they they struggled with Boston College and Clemson. You know they got blown out by Duke, which Duke's a solid football team. But you can't tell me that like they have more talent than Clemson. They have a better quarterback, obviously. But, I mean, FSU went to overtime with them yesterday. And so, like you said, we're we're not going to beat Florida State unless some really weird shit happens. But, you know, you've got to go out. If you really want to make a bowl game, you've got to go out there and beat Pitt because you lose to Pitt, you're one and four. You know, you take one from Florida State, you're one and five. At that point, you only have room for one more loss. So this pit game, in terms of like the program progressing and moving forward, I feel like making a bowl game this year is huge for that. You go out there and you lose the pit and you're staring at one and five with Florida State the next week, that's not good. That's that's really not good. So I don't want to call next week like a must win because like because there's still room down the line to like get better and make it right. But it almost feels like a must win to me against Pitt. Yeah. I mean, Narduzzi's kind of 
been on the right side of things with us too often recently. Um, he shows up Only to up basketball there. games in Blacksburg. Yeah, he shows up to basketball games in Blacksburg. Uh, last year we were in that game. It was competitive until um, I'm not going to – I'm going to butcher his last name, so I'm not going to say it, but he ran for like 380 million yards. Uh, a Beniconda. But Yeah, but, you know, Narduzzi coming to Blacksburg. <laughs> if Pry puts his damn head in the sand uh, – puts Narduzzi's head in the sand – and make some, you know, eat some. That would be a great start to conference play, and obviously the fan base. Oh, obviously I'm not gonna speak for everybody because I'm I'm not. But I think that I would be like very satisfied with beating Pitt at home on Saturday, mm-hmm. even though it will only be two and three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you'd be one to know in AC, ACC play at that point, which I think we would Stop all take. But yeah, I mean, you look at Pitt and Virginia Tech over the last, let's call it six years. 2017, you know, we keep their offense in check and get that goal line stand at the end of the game. 2018, they have two running backs rest for 200 yards on us. 2019 in Lane Stadium, we shut them out. 2020, they almost 50 piece us at what was then Heinz Field, now Akersher. 2021, the best offense that they've had probably since Larry Fitzgerald and Rod Rutherford. Uh, you know, to Tech lost 20-7, to seven, but they held Mark Whipple and Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, that offense, only 28 points when our offense was so anemic. It was, like, brutal to watch. And then, you know, 2022, the next year, Beniconda rushes for 300-some yards and has six touchdowns. So it's like the difference between playing Pitt at Lane Stadium versus Akersher Stadium is it's a, it's pretty stark. And so that's also just – I know that that's, like, not actual analysis. Like, well, they're playing the game here, so, like, the field's different, so we'll play better. But that's what happens when we play Pitt. If it's at Lane Stadium, Tech, like, they're often struggles – if it's at Pitt, that somebody sets a record. So um, that's another reason why I'm just kind of like not super worried about their offense. Yeah, not to mention that um, Pitt recruits against us in our area. So hanging a dub on them is uh, pretty important, especially with the way the season has started. You want yeah, to send a message to recruit. That... Right. And if Pitt yep. wants a player – um, you know, they've taken a bunch of three stars and made them into really good players. So if Pitt wants a player, then especially on defense, then I want that player. And that's what this is like anytime we play Pitt, like that's that's big for us. You know, same thing with UNC because we compete with them for a lot of recruits too. So this is a big game for more than just like, you know, setting ourselves up to make a bowl. Like this is a big game for recruiting reasons as well. So Hopefully they can go out there and get it done and show recruits like, yeah, you know, we're we might be two and three, but also like this other school that you're considering, like we beat them. Yep. It's time to uh it's time to put the baby to bed, you know, it's time to just beat them at home. Back that entrance up, you know. Mm-hmm. Give the hope. Yeah, we backed it up against Old Dominion. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, Pry's good. 
so far prize two for two on the home openers. So that's that's good. And yeah, uh, yeah, he he gets the home openers. Yes, he does. He gets the home openers. Um, I don't really have anything else on pit. I don't like them. Mm-hmm. I I want to. I don't care if we get two and ten or whatever. If we, I want to beat the shit out of pit. Yeah, you I'd know? love to go. I mean, out obviously, there I want to beat UVA, but I really, I love beating Pitt. Like seeing Narduzzi squirm makes me so happy, and I want to see that shit. Yeah, I mean, typically when we play Pitt, like it means something. Um, like in 2019, we were both competing for the Coastal. Um, typically, when we play UVA, like we already know, like where. Our, like where we're going to go for there were i guess a few times where we were playing for like bowl um like for a bowl game in 2014 2015 and 2012 and 2018 but pits like one of those games where it's like it's not that's not the it's not the case with the coastal anymore because they got rid of the divisions but like like we said there are recruits there's just beating Pitt in general is just fun because Narduzzi usually embarrasses himself when that happens. But this is an important game. Um, regardless of record of both teams, both teams probably aren't happy with where they are right now. Uh, I know we aren't. So, I mean, this is I mean, this is an important game. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, if if we beat Pitt and and turn it into something little sort of momentum you know maybe we should put a pat narduzzi's name in the tunnel word to trayvon mcmillan <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah I'm his just, name's literally his name's literally in the tunnel <laughs> yeah it is uh but yeah man i ain't got anything else on this matter i just want a w on saturday it's been abysmal the last three weeks but a w would go a long way for me and that's what i want to see I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying I want it to happen. Yeah, I mean, just the progression of the program and what Pry wants to build, a win on Saturday will mean a lot to that progression. You know, beating a conference team that's, you know, they're they're kind of down this year, but they're still well-respected within the conference. I think that would go a long way to uh, kind of, you know, seeing that we're moving in the correct direction. Um, we haven't really seen that yet. I, we did, you know, put up 30 points against uh, Old Dominion, which was progress. But, you know, we're still not beating Power 5 teams. We're still losing to group of five teams. I feel like a yep. win against Pitt would be a step in the right direction. Agreed. Uh, 1,000% agreed. Uh, it's a quality win. Mm-hmm. Whether you're one and three or whatever, it's a quality win to beat Pitt. Uh, Narduzzi has earned at least that respect for me. He's yeah, he, built, he knows program. how to build a program. He knows how to build a program. He's a complete, like, idiot and a loose cannon <laughs> and an embarrassment sometimes. But, you know, they're they're a well-coached team, you know. I mean, their offense has got awful, but for the most part, they're a well-coached team. Yep, absolutely, and it's a it's a deep rooted rock. Like we go way back with this one, so you know, yeah, 
Time to yeah, that nine, time 1999 to... season, uh, you know, Tech – Blew out everyone in the regular season except for West Virginia. Pitt, the final score is thirty to seventeen. I think they threw for like four hundred yards that day. Like Pitt and VT, it doesn't you can throw all that shit out the window. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting game every time. Yeah, just win, baby. <laughs> just win. Just go out there and. Get a W, you know. Finish out how to figure again. I, I, I know that we're gonna be there in the fourth quarter. If, if like the game's not going the way that we want it to go, I know at some point we'll be there in the fourth quarter with a position to win. It's a matter of you have to finish the game and you have to win the game. Sweet Caroline, eat shit, eat pit. shit, pit, eat shit, pit. <laughs> <laughs> go Hokies. Oh, okay.